Today's scripture reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter, the 42nd to the 47th verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. As we uh, shared, today we'll conclude our uh, study on the church this summer, this mini-series, if you will, um, what it is, whose it is, its purpose, how it operates, how it functions, or how it should function. Um, our purpose, our, our focus uh, in this pursuit has been the latter part of the second chapter of the book of Acts, uh, specifically the 42nd verse, uh, which reads, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Again, after an incredible series of events, 3,000 people were, uh, gave their lives to Christ. Um, Jesus ascended to heaven. He told them, just wait for, just wait for something. It's going to come. Holy Spirit is going to come. It's going to be with you. It's going to lead and guide you. It's going to do those things. You're going to do greater things uh, that you were capable of doing with me. And so they waited, Holy Spirit fell, 3,000 people uh, gave their lives to Christ. And here in this 42nd verse, Luke, ever the physician, ever the, the, the person for, for detail, he lists four aspects of lived out devotion. Four aspects. This is not, this is not meant to be like a, a summary. It's like it's these four and no, only four. But, but a summary of what was it like to be a part of that, that, that new movement that they called the church uh, in the first century. Um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, and they devoted themselves to prayer. Last week, we looked at the breaking of the bread, uh, a simple Greek uh, phrase that we shared only appears in two places in the entire New Testament. It appears here and in Luke 24, 35, when Jesus was identified by those he walked with along the road to Emmaus, uh, and uh, the scales came off their eyes, if you will, and he said, then the two the, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Uh, Fellowship meals, they, they, were, they weren't uncommon. Fellowship meals were very common with the early church. It was, it, was a, it was a time of bonding and fellowship on a horizontal level. But what, it, what, what happened was it, be, it soon became an opportunity to recall and reflect on the last supper that Jesus had with the disciples in the upper room. So on the one hand, it was a time of coming together just like we do, and I'm so thankful to God for Deacon Tracy and, and Deacon James, uh, how they just, the table fellowship is, 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 you can't separate that from who they are. 
That's, that's, just, that's just them. And that's, that's really what the first century church was all about. It was about, come on over. Have a chicken wing. Have, have, have a piece of bread. Let's, let's get together. Let's, let's, let's bond together on a horizontal level. But see, what the first, first century church did was take that table fellowship and, and put that spiritual twist on it. It's about food. It's about fellowship. But there's a spiritual dimension that you can't separate from, our, from, from what it is we're, 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 we're congregating to do. Uh, as, I, as I tried to give a, a small window to look through, think of it like Thanksgiving dinner, uh, but on a very spiritual level. You know, unfortunately, Thanksgiving dinners are tending to be more and more like Christmas. It's like you fuss over, oh, well, is the, is the sweet potato pie just right? Is the cranberry just right? Well, we're going to have to eat at a certain time or otherwise the food's going to get cold. And it becomes, it's like, no, just let it happen. Just, just, just let it happen. Just, just let it happen. But then to take that, 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 that fellowship that happens at Thanksgiving, but then to say, you remember what Jesus did and what he said when he was in the upper room uh, with the disciples. Uh, and this is a, as a fancy word again, this is a, an archetype. This is a, a type of, 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 of picture of, of what we will be experiencing in eternity to come. They, you know, as the old saints would say, it'll always be howdy howdy, and there'll never be goodbye. It's always going to be that type of fellowship. It's always going to be that 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 banquet feast before the, before with 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 all of those that came before and they'll come after us, and we're all going to be just around the throne. And there's this this fellowship, this spiritual unity that's going to happen. It's going to be an incredible time, and that's what they were living out in this first century. So as Paul provided instruction uh, to the Corinthian church, which were, ha were having quite a bit of difficulty on what it does mean to be uh, uh, a church in the first century, he said, uh, as, we, as we share every first Sunday, uh, every first Sunday when we share the Lord's Supper, we read this 11th chapter, this portion of the 11th chapter. And so Paul's admonition was, so then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. The point and the purpose of the coming together is not food, but it includes food. And, and, and uh, if I could be so bold, and it's not just, it's not just the, the spiritual dimension without food. It includes the food. There's something wonderful that's going on here. There's, there's this, this horizontal dimension where my body is, is, is satisfied through the, the sharing of the meal uh, and the recollection of, of, of what Jesus said and did in the upper room. Uh, but but, but what, Je what, what Paul reminded the people, if you're hungry, eat at home. Don't miss the point. Don't come up. It's like I'm coming over to Lewis's house because boy, they got the grub on, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get my feed bag on. I'm gonna. It's like people are like, what are you doing? Are you starving? Are you just saving up all week to eat here? What's the deal? You missed the point. It's not here just to get to get full. It's 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 the point. It's to break bread together. It's to bond together spiritually, and that's what. And that's that was that was that was last week. So today we want to look at. Um, the fourth aspect of this first century behavior listed, uh, prayer. Prayer. As I was preparing for this, I, you know, I had to really, um, I, in, in, a, in a serious way, I really, it's like, wow. If, and maybe we will, not maybe, we will, it's just a matter of when. We'll do a, 
uh, a sermon series on prayer, just prayer, types of prayer. Uh, but, but, but you know, I, I, you know me, I'm prone to go down a rabbit trail uh, in a moment's notice, and uh, that's, that, that won't serve anybody well. Uh, so I had to step back and really look at, okay, in this big arc that Luke has laid out, and he said, he just listed as the fourth, fourth, the fourth of four things there, uh, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It almost, almost, it almost, almost, almost seems like, well, it's like an afterthought, kind of like a throwaway, just, just a, a fill-in and, and to prayer. Yeah, um, it's anything but that. Simple dictionary uh, definition of prayer, it, it's any form of communication with God on the part of believing people in response to situations that may arise in life. Um, prayer is, includes a variety of petitions and complaints and praise and giving thanks and confession. There's nonverbal prayer, nonverbal communication, and then obviously there's tongues. So, so it's like prayer. They gave themselves to, to prayer. Well, what is, what, what is that? Is, I like how one theologian um, put it. He's like, you know, you can, you can summarize all of prayer around two poles. It's petition and praise. It's petition and praise. And as I was thinking that through, because, you know, they have all types of acrostics to make you think of a, a prayer, you know, ACTS, Acts, you know, uh, uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, you know. There's, there's any number of things that you can, you can, you can do. It's like, what is, what is prayer? Well, de depending on my situation, that's, that ought to be the, the, the utterance of my heart. See, what we don't want to do is get into a situation uh, where prayer becomes, uh, or what we call prayer, not that prayer can't actually become that, but what we actually think in our mind what prayer is, is this mechanical, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That was good for me at five. 58, that's not good. I can do better than that with your, with your little ones. It's like, you know, the, the communication at, at a certain level, it's fine. As I, as I like to share, it's like a pacifier or a bottle with a one-year-old is perfectly okay. Uh, if they're 15 or 20, it's something's wrong. It's just, it's just, it's just it's something's wrong. Something, something, something's amiss. Um, prayer. It assumes that God hears a request he cares, and he's able to act in accordance. And when we think about, you know, maybe it's just me, when we think about prayer, I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, do you think about how a plane, you know, uh, uh, flies in the sky, or you just take it for granted? Well, it's, ama it's amazing how the engineering and, the, and the, the aerodynamics that take place, a plane with a thrust takes off, and the wind above and below the wing, it keeps it aloft, and the weight of the plane, and all of that stuff. Well, you know, I just get in the plane, I don't even think about it. Maybe that's probably good, you know, at a certain level when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, the fear factor. But when it comes to prayer, uh, I might submit that we need to think about what it is we're actually doing. Because if we don't think about what we're doing, after a while, it's just like, I'll pray. And just utter a few words, the mechanical words that I've, I've memorized right before I eat, say a few words before I go to sleep. Uh, and and, and in, in the in-between time, not a whole lot of communication goes on. So in the Old Testament, you got examples of prayer that's dominated by the prophets and kind of the patriarchal leaders, Moses, Jacob, uh, 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 
you know, lot, different ones, having conversations with God. Or like when Nehemiah was burdened with the desire to build the walls of Jerusalem, he said, uh, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. See, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, again, Old Testament isn't just fly over country to get us to the New Testament, to get us to, uh, you know, the cross. The cross will be there. Uh, the cross is there, and the cross is what, but, but if you look at the Old Testament, you'll see life, my life, your life, lived out. Success and not so success. In this case, Nehemiah, they're in exile. They're in a certain situation, and he's burdened with the condition of what was going on in Jerusalem. And so the king would ask him, what's going on in your life, man? Why are you, why are you looking so sad? What, what, what's up? Before he even answered the king, prayed to the Lord. I, give me what to say. Give me how to say it. Give, 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 you know, this is an opportunity I don't want to mess up. Uh, another example that stands out in contrast to the patriarchal and the leader, uh, it's like, well, you know, that's fine for Pastor Meeks or, or Pastor Bird or Pastor Dana or, or Mother Smith, but, but what about me? Well, how about Hannah? You remember Hannah? Yeah, Hannah, just, just, I say just, just, just a lady. She couldn't have kids. She wanted kids. It just it seems reasonable. I don't have any children. I want children. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She prayed, laced with tears. I can get ahead of myself, but I find my best communication with God is when I am just, just flat out broken. I'm just, I'm just bankrupt. I got nothing else. I'm not like Felix with a, with a bag of tricks, you know. All of my tricks are all used up. All the people I can call for a loan. All the people I can call to, to help me out. To bail my fat out of the fire. Nobody's left. It's like, okay. All right, God. This is you and me. This, this, this is it. I got nothing else. So she wept bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. What a promise, what a prayer, what a promise. You know, and again, we like to, we like to get on that backside of the blessing, but the ramp up to the blessing was bereavement, or bereftment. I didn't have a kid, and it bothered me. It bothered me a lot. I won't go into the story, but the, the husband said, aren't I, aren't I better? Or, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm mixing up the story. That was the, the other one where he said, aren't I better than any kid? And it's just like, the answer is like, no, 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 you're not. I want a child. I want a child. She wanted a child. She wanted a child. And uh, she petitioned, and we know the, the, the result that she was blessed with Samuel, uh, who ended up becoming the one that anointed David, who we'll deal with next week. So in this prayer right here, you see both praise and petition. How do you see that? The Lord Almighty, the one who was able to change my situation, look at my situation and change it. 
I'm acknowledging you as the one that is able, as, 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 as we read in the New Testament, who is able to keep us from falling and to present me faultless. He is the, he is, he is the one and the only one that, that is able to take me through this life. Hannah saw that. Hannah saw that, you know what, uh, Lord, I'm in a bad situation, and there's nothing I can do, and I want a child. If you bless me with a child, I'll give the child right back to you. So the point and purpose of prayer took on a decided uh, difference. See, this is Old Testament. Now Jesus uh, breaks, breaks time, and he gave, when he gave the greatest sermon ever, in his Sermon on the Mount, this is what he said. We, we, we studied this. This is, this is what Jesus said. Uh, and when you pray, and when you pray, and when you pray, when you pray, the expectation is you pray. When you pray, uh, implied with a degree of regularity. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Surely I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, this is the third time now, uh, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows when you, what you need before you ask Him. And I know where you're going. If He already knows, why do I have to pray? We'll get there. But, but, but when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, what do you take you like take away from this? Um, Prayer is an act of humility. It's not hypocrisy. It doesn't demand attention. It's not filled with words. And God already knows what you need before you ask. So why pray? You, you guys are better than I am. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I wrestle with stuff like this. What, what, what exchange is supposed to be taking place when I quote-unquote, you know, rabbit, you know, bunny ears, when I pray. What exchange is supposed to be taking place right there? What, what, what transaction is supposed to be happening? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to put on this, this, am I supposed to feign this, 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 oh Lord. What, what am I supposed to be doing when I pray? Well, well, before I even get to that point, Here's a couple of reasons, a few reasons, uh, that I know why I should pray. It reaffirms, at least in me, my dependency on him. It reaffirms my dependency on him. If I, if, if I keep going to him, sooner or later, it's going to kick in that it's, I'm going to him because I need him. But if I don't go to him with any degree of regularity, sooner or later, it's going to... Life seems to be going along quite fine. What do, what do I need to pray? Things are going along just, 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 just fine. Yeah, you got your ups and downs, but, but why pray? Uh, why exercise? Why do you exercise? Or, or don't? 
I'm just saying. Why do you exercise? Because I, I, I want to get into that, 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 that rhythm, that space, that I want to I I have that, that gun show. I want to I I I be there. I, I, I want to be there. But if, I, but if I don't do that, it ain't going to just happen. There ain't a pill that does that. I don't care how late you stay up at night. Get this ab roller. Take this pill. And they just, and it's like, seriously? Consistent, constant prayer results in spiritual benefit. It affirms our dependency on him. What else does it do? It aligns us with him. It aligns us with him. See, I, 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 I suggest that you do for homework today, read the model prayer. Read the, in Matthew 6, read the model prayer. And I don't mean just, just, just gloss over. No, read it. In preparation of September, in the, in the whole month of prayer and fasting, read that. Just, just like, God, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive, before I get to that, thy kingdom, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. I'm aligning. God's not aligning with me. I'm aligning with him. I'm getting in line with him. So it affirms my dependency on him. It aligns me with him. And it links us, particularly when we do it corporately. We, 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 we are linked together, arm in arm. That's why it's so important to have these periods of time where it's, it's focused prayer. Lord, make us one. Make us one, because if we're not careful, we'll spin apart and we'll be just pebbles all scattered over the brick beach instead of a, a built-up body, a building. But we'll just be a brick here, a rock there, a piece of mortar there, just, just, just little pieces all over the place, but we're not built up in one. So remember, praise and petition. With our corporate praise, the prayer of thanksgiving that we do every Sunday, we are acknowledging God for who he is, giving him glory, honor, and praise publicly and collectively. Uh, and with petition, there's both confession and request. In my confession, I'm giving him praise because I acknowledge, again, he is the only one that is able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless. So I, again, I do re uh, encourage you, reread that, 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 that sixth chapter of Matthew. And on this foundation, Paul reinforces the importance of prayer. This is all first century stuff. Paul writes in his circular letter, Ephesians 6, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I'm almost done, I promise you. Uh, Prayer is not only for emergencies when everything else we've tried is, has, has, has failed. Prayer isn't just for emergencies. You know, in case of emergency, break glass. Send up a prayer. See, if I'm aligned with him, if I am in relationship with him, if I see myself as dependent on him, I've already got, I've already got that rhythm going on with him. I'm not, I, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing to, 
to do, uh, you know, particularly if you live in, in fire-prone areas, they, they always caution the homeowner, uh, you know, do those things to, to keep the fire away from your house. Clear the brush. Don't pile up this. Don't pile up that. Do these preventative things. So when the fire does roll through, you're prepared. You're ready. Well, invariably, folks don't do that, and then they suffer the consequences. What am I saying? I, it's, it's not a perfect example or parallel, but, but in our posture, in our relationship, see, see, our prayer, the depth and our response to what prayer, the opportunity for prayer is, is a direct reflection on our relationship with the one we're praying to. If I don't see any value in it, implied, implied, I don't see any value in the person that I'm praying to. I know that that's, that's a pretty big bright line that you're, you're drawing there, but, but if I know, if I pick up the phone, if I pick up the phone and, and as, as the old song goes, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. If I believe Jesus is on the main line, I'm going to call him up. If I think I'm going to get a broken signal, or I think it's just, just eh, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it. And if I do it, I'm not going to do it believing, and I'm not going to do it consistently. But if I believe it, I'm going to act in a way that I believe it. I'm picking up the phone. When you dial 911, you don't want, uh, uh, can I put you on hold for a minute? Uh, 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 Straw Hat Pizza. Whoa, whoa, this is 911. What's up? I, I thought this was the emergency line. We need, to, we need to recognize who we are aligning with. Who are we aligning with? Are we aligning with my knowledge, skills, and abilities? Am I aligning with Mother Smith? Am I aligning with my wife? Am I even aligning with City Church? Or am I aligning with him? Am I aligning with, with him? Because he will fail when everything else has the potential to fail. So... I'm going, to, I'm going to invest in those things that I believe in, and it will reflect on my time. Um, there was a talk about in, investing and in, in believing in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in something that's proven. Let me just put it that way. As I'm exercising, I continue to do my thing twice a week. Keep praying for a pastor. Keep praying for me. Uh, because Lord knows on Mondays and Thursdays, uh, I don't... I, I don't wake up any morning and say, boy, I just can't wait to get to the gym. Not one day am I, am I like that. But one thing, one, one thing that the guy did say, and it, and it made so much sense, uh, and he's preaching without even preaching, he says, trust what I'm telling you. Breathe in through the nose. Breathe out through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose. Breathe out through the mouth. You'll get more air. Trust what I'm telling you. And he kept saying that, and it's just like, a boy's preaching, he doesn't even know it. He's, 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 pre he's, he's, he's saying, is like, I've been down this path, I'm a former NFL player, I've, I've, I've been where you're at, or where you want to be. This is how you get through this point of fatigue, where you want to vomit, and you want to get off the treadmill or the rower, and it's like, I'm through. Just trust me, breathe in through your nose, breathe out through your mouth. Can't say that I do it with uh, great consistency, but I know to do it, and I do it more than I used to do it. 
And it's a funny thing. He's right. He, he, he's right. Um, similarly, trust that prayer, your prayer, works in the manner God intended. As he reminded the Thessalonians, and I hadn't done, he reminded them, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is what God has called us to do. He, he has called us to be in relationship with him. And I, I am convinced, I am, I am absolutely convinced that many of the storms that come through our life is to keep us close to him. Because half the time we can't stand prosperity. We, we, we'll wander off. We'll do our own thing. We'll just, and it's like, well, I'm going to have to send, a, 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 as my father would used to say, the hounds of heaven after you uh, in order to, to corral you back. I, I have to send this, 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 this plague of locusts. But, but Lord, why? Because if I didn't, you would have been off doing something else. So with that locust, with that challenge in your life, you will come and you will, you, will, you will align yourself with me. You will pray to me. You'll be in relationship with me. Why? Because you're looking for solution to your earthly affliction. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that doesn't. Just ask Paul. He said, three times I went to the Lord. Take this thing from me. Whatever it is, I got this thorn in the flesh. I got this condition. I got this whatever. It could, be, it could be my spouse. It could be, I don't know what the thorn in the flesh is for you or for Paul. But it was something that was big enough that he took to God more than once. Lord, remove it from me. And I can just, I can, I can just hear the, the rationale behind it. Lord, if you take this away, uh, then I'll be a better servant for you. If you just let me win the lottery, if you just get me out of this indebtment, if you just give me that spouse, if you just give me that kid, if you just give me that promotion, if you just fill in the blank, if you just do those things, then uh, I'll be an even better servant for you. And God is like, uh, do I look like I could be played like that? Seriously? I love you more than you love yourself. And I know exactly what I need to bring into your life in order to cause you to be in relationship with me. And so God allows certain things. He doesn't always just do them himself, but he's capable and fully capable of doing it. But he allows certain things to align. Then, then we're, we're right there. We're, we're, we're right there. Uh, well, I've been praying and nothing seems to change. In fact, uh, you know, brother, sister, so-and-so down the street, they don't look like they live half as righteous as I do. Uh, and they, all they have to do is say, dear Lord, and something happens. What's up with that? Well, I, seriously, what's, what's up with that? Prayer involves a personal relationship with God. And it's a direct, how God chooses in his sovereignty, even with Paul, it, there's a huge element of sincerity and God's alignment, uh, God's will for our life that, that it'd be, it, it'd take more than this and probably would never get to the point of fully explaining because I can't fully explain it. 
But I do know that all things work together for our good, for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. If I am called according to his purpose, then I'm lined up with him. I, I, so, so my prayer becomes less, and there's, 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 I won't say there's anything wrong with it. Lord, because I've, the most, the most immediate, as I say, crisis, Lord, I'm not asking for crisis, but when crisis comes, I, God and I are tight. We're real tight. We're, we're real tight. And I, there are two occasions that I, that I remember so distinctly, so distinctly, is just dropped to my knees on the side of the couch. One situation was the side of the couch. Another situation was at the foot of the stairs. And it's like, okay, God. It's just me and you. There's no phoniness. There's, I can't do anything about the situation. I need you right now. I don't know what he's done for you. You know, as, but as the song goes, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You can't tell it like I can what he's done for me. So we can look, we can continue to look the way we look and do the things we do, but unless and until each of us has that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, it, again, it's, it's me telling you about how wonderful Gail's peach cobbler is. You got to taste it for yourself. You got to experience it for yourself. And the relation, the depth of a relationship I hate to break it to you this way. The depth of the relationship that you will have with a Savior is in, the, in direct proportion to your need for a Savior. So when you see yourself bankrupt, tore up from the ground up, then it's like, uh, I'm like that woman who broke the alabaster box. It's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping right now. And Jesus had to correct everybody. Well, if you knew what kind of woman this was, you all shut up. She's been forgiven much. Too often, nobody here, but too often we, we do church. I won't even say play church, but we do religious things. But our, our relationship, our depth of relationship with him is just skimming along the top. And God is saying, I, I'm going to have to send some locusts. Um, I want a depth of relationship where you see me and only me as the solution to everything in your life the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's not City Church. It's not me. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the, 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 the state that pays your salary. It's God. It's only God. It's only God. It's only God. That's what the first century church did. And what happened? They grew like crazy.